I think we all know by now the toxic effects of loneliness. More specifically, we know that loneliness is not the act of being alone. Someone can feel lonely in a crowded room. Rather, loneliness is perceived social isolation. It's when we feel like we're alone. It feels like we are lonely and that we don't necessarily have friends or anyone we can count on when we need them. Today, I'm sharing three steps you can take to combat loneliness at work. And what's great is that you can apply these techniques and strategies to your social lives in addition to your professional lives. So with that, let's get into it. The nature of the loneliness that we're addressing in this lesson is perceived social isolation. For this reason, the overarching goal is to deepen connections with coworkers, create meaningful friendships, and think more critically about the importance of quality over quantity. It's not about how many friends you have, it's about how close you are to those people in your life, however many or however few, doesn't matter. But it's about the quality, not the quantity. All right, so with that in mind, let's begin with the first step. Number one is to get past surface level talk. So let's say it's Monday morning, you walk into the office and you steer clear of asking the humdrum banal question, how was your weekend? Yielding no more than one worded responses like great or okay. Or when you're on Slack or in a video call, you don't just ask them how they are and they'll just say, fine, thanks, how are you, right? The same answer all the time. We want to go beyond the superficial break room chatter. The reason for that is because we want to build rapport. And the really only way to do that is to dive deeper, get past those very mundane and going nowhere questions like, how are you? How was your weekend? Right? Just people have formulaic answers and responses to those. And so you're not really getting anywhere. And so what this means is that we're really showing up to the conversation as our authentic selves. And in a work setting, this can be and will be your authentic professional self or your authentic casual self in more relaxed environments. Listening actively and attentively to what they're saying and also how they are saying it is very important. And we're paying attention to their words, but also to their tone of voice and their body language, very important ways of communicating. And as you know, we don't just communicate with our words. And it's about getting them to talk about something that is meaningful or important to them. That's a great way for them to open up and to start trusting you and for you to start getting to know them. And it gives them the opportunity to be listened to. We all want to feel listened to. And it also gives you the opportunity to discover common ground as you're listening to them share bits from their lives, talk about their recent camping adventure, talk about planning their next vacation, whatever it is. All right, so moving on to step two, get to know them better. So this is really about how you can better know your colleagues by sharing a meal with them, or grabbing some coffee with them, 
giving it time, allowing you to be in a place with them where you have time to talk. Because think about it, if you're just passing them by in the hallway, you're not gonna really have time to stop and chat. Most people don't like the stop and chat because they've got somewhere to be, you've got somewhere to be, and it also is not the most professional thing to be just chit-chatting in the hallway when everyone else is like working, right? So there's that aspect of it. But also the second part of that is that there's not really time to get to know someone if you're just around the cooler, the break room cool water cooler, and you just wanna start up some chit-chat or have a conversation because again, people have places to be, things to do, to-dos to check off their to-do list and so forth. So really setting aside some time to have that lunch with them or grab that coffee with them will give you 15, 20, 30 minutes, maybe even an hour to have conversation with them. And this will allow you to elaborate on step one, right? This time you'll be doing some more listening and some more talking as well because again, keyword there, you have the time. So here we're really beginning to understand their personality by asking questions that pertain to their interests, their aspirations, their career goals, their career trajectory, and so forth. And any subject you broach or question you ask, you should be ready to talk about in return from your perspective as well. Because remember that conversation is a two-way street. People don't just like answering questions about themselves. That's very much it feels very much like an interview, right? And we don't like to feel like we're being interrogated. And so you have to remember that, right? If you ask a question, be ready for them to ask it back. Or if they don't ask it back, you can then talk about your favorite vacation, for example, or what you were doing before this job, for example. Conversation is a two-way street, right? It's not all give, it's not all take. It's a nice mix, a nice blend of both. And sometimes we might do a little bit more listening, and sometimes we might do a little bit more speaking, but generally they're gonna be somewhat similar, right? Maybe 60-40, sometimes it could be even 50-50. You speak for 50% of the time, they speak for 50% of the time. And don't feel like you need to find the best way of asking a question when you talk to them. Asking simple questions, something as simple as, what do you like to do on weekends? Or what do you do for fun? Or what makes you happy, right? Just anything that can get to those questions and get them to talk about their hobbies or what interests them is fine. You don't have to feel like you need to phrase it perfectly because again, it's not about the question so much as the answer. And so doing this over lunch or coffee is great because it breaks up the workday nicely and it also enables you to converse in a more relaxed setting. In other words, you're not frantically asking questions while checking in about a high stakes project or getting a progress report during an important meeting, right? You're not then trying to figure out who are they as a person? What makes them tick? What do they like to do for fun? Because that would not be an opportune moment, right? Instead, we're seeking out these lunch dates, these conversation and coffee hours where we can get to know someone and build rapport that way. All right, and the last step, step three, this is again a progression. So we had step one, step two, and now step three, create a community. So this is the last and final step, and this is again to help combat perceived loneliness at work. And to do that, Step three is about creating some kind of community around a shared interest or hobby. 
And this really could be anything from book club to golfing on weekends to early morning runs in, let's say, Central Park if you're in New York City, to being on the same sports team after work, anything really. So don't worry too much about the activity per se, but aim for something that you can do with one or more people in that setting, which should be relaxed and fun, right? Because now we're not in the office space. We're not on a Zoom call. We are out in a park, for example. And this step is super important because it gives you a reason to interact outside of a formal work setting. For example, going on a hike where both of you might bring friends or spouses allow a friendship to start to develop. It gives it an opportunity for that to happen, right? We are creating a gentle environment for that to come to pass, right? A friendship to build and form. And also the hope by bringing other people like friends, partners, spouses, is that the people that you bring along and they bring along will also get along so that a community starts to form. So sports teams are great for this. Having sports teams organize sports teams after work, for example, could be great for this because you're already on a team or if you prefer, let's say, knitting club or an arts and crafts group or some other type of club or group, then create that because the idea is to get people together with overlapping interests. That's the big idea here. Colleagues are people with whom you spend a lot of time with, working together, problem solving together, collaborating, right? Working towards a shared career goal or objective. There's no rule that says you can't be friends with the people that you work with. And there's no reason why you should feel the need to subject yourself to loneliness at work. The hope is that by incorporating these three steps, you'll be creating rapport, enriching your social skills, developing lifelong friendships, finding really important mentors in your life, and nurturing your connections to the people around you. Alrighty, Smarters. Thank you so much for joining me for this lesson. I hope that you enjoyed it. Feel free to give it a big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're listening to this as our podcast, then make sure to leave us a nice review. You can leave up to five stars. That really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And if you're interested in reading this as a blog post, you can check out the transcript of this lesson, which can be found on our blog at exploring.co forward slash blog. And while you're there, feel free to sign up for our newsletter. It's 100% free and you'll get all of the latest news and the newest lessons from Exploring, and also any other news happening over here at Exploring. All right, I will see you in the next Exploring lesson. Until then, keep up the awesome work and I will see you soon. Happy Exploring, everyone. <laughs>